Before we get into today's episode, October is National Pharmacist Month. So for the entire month of October, we will have our merch 20% off, okay? So go to capsarxpodcast.creator-spring.com and use the promo code pharmacist at checkout and you'll get 20% off your order for the entire month. Also, since we're in October, that means we're creeping up on residency and fellowship season. So if anybody's listening, whether you're a pharmacy student or a pharmacist who's interested in pursuing a residency or a fellowship, please feel free to contact us at tinyurl.com slash services. We conduct CV reviews, mock interviews for both fellowships and residencies, and last but not least, letter of intent reviews. So if you're struggling with your letter of intent, you're struggling with how to prepare for the mock interview that you know is coming up, and if you're having issues really finalizing your CV to make it stand out, please feel free to just sign up at tinyurl.com slash services. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of CapsRx Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Joe Lizzo, and today, I have my friend with me, Dr. Michaela Hayes. How are you today? I'm doing so well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I absolutely love your content. Anybody that doesn't know, she's at Faithful PharmD. You can find her on Instagram. She posts a lot of great content to help pharmacy students and residents with their career. And I had an idea that would be very great, I believe, for any resident or maybe even P4s to consider if they're thinking about going into residency, that what if we just get together and kind of talk about the different things looking back that we probably should have focused on. So that way anybody listening can learn from our mistakes and go ahead and enjoy that PGY one year even more than we probably did. So some of the different topics that we wanted to focus on were just like networking, the importance of that, self-care, the importance of challenging yourself, and also just some general things to know when it comes to your residency experience. So, but before we get started with all that, I do want to give Michaela the chance to go ahead and open up the floor and kind of talk about some of the new things that she has going on. Yeah, thank you, Jovan. So again, my name is Michaela Hayes. I love what the new Capsule RX is doing with their podcast, helping out all our people that are interested in residency and expanding the access of pharmacists, just their potential to serve our community in all shapes and forms. So I am on Instagram at the Faithful Farm D. I'm also getting started in YouTube, so I'll be sharing content there. We have a website at www.tailoredpharmacistservices.com. So about what we do, I just finished up my PGY2 residency in ambulatory care at Duke University Hospital, and I actually started my own clinical pharmacist consulting firm where we serve three demographics of people. The first is getting clinical pharmacist services into primary care clinics that are independent clinics. The next is serving patients directly where I could serve pharmacists. And the third is providing coaching services to aspiring clinical pharmacists or pharmacists who, pharmacy students or pharmacists who want to attend residency. So I've been doing some coaching services throughout my residencies and now I'm just stepping up the game but I know Joven has a lot of resources as well and we all just want to collaborate together and provide y'all the most information we can so you're successful from our journey but that's a little bit about me definitely definitely and then um, I'll be sure to include the link to the services and, and everything that she mentioned in the show notes so if anybody didn't catch it don't worry it'll be in the show notes all right so to get started the first thing I wanted to talk about is of course networking. We all hear it. Pharmacy is a small world. We need a network, et cetera, et cetera. So some of the things that I realized on the back end of my residency was the importance of being in communication with the different drug reps and MSLs that come to the hospital. One of the reasons is because, especially if you work in like an ambulatory care setting, If you have a great relationship with like an MSL or a drug rep, if there's any issues with getting that medication for patients, you might be able to have their doctor, them send the samples to like their doctor's office, or they can get you coupons that really make the medication more affordable for your patients. So that's something like working in the Amcare setting, I realize is super beneficial is having that rapport with them. Because I always just read it as like, oh, it's lunch, like I don't really care. (laughs) 
Like it has nothing to do with free lunch, right? That's what we all think free lunch. But really one of them was super, super helpful with my research project. I like a diabetes research project and it was very helpful to get some of these medications to these patients that really needed it. So that was something I didn't really realize how valuable it was. And also I believe I'm starting to see more and more residents be interested in transitioning into industry. And so that can kind of be like a foot in the door by you having that strong relationship with some of the drug reps and the MSLs that can kind of be a way of a job opening happens and you're looking to make a transition into a different pharmacy career that can be your way of doing it instead of having to do a fellowship. So that was one of the things that I personally thought about that I thought was like, I wish I would have done more of in the beginning of the year. I didn't do that until like more towards the end of my year, just because you never know where those relationships could take you. And that network, it's such a small world in pharmacy. So that network is very, very valuable. What about you, Michaela? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I cannot agree more. I think I think job finding a job and securing a job after residency is probably 99% of your network that you've built up during your residencies because finding a job, you can apply to the jobs that are posted, but a lot of times people have a leg up when they know someone in that company or they know a pharmacist or they know someone high up in the leadership of that company that's going to set you apart and get you the best chance at finding your dream job at a residency. So I can't agree with you more that that networking with your preceptors, anyone in your program, even interdisciplinary healthcare providers, I mean, doctors, nurse practitioners, PAs, you need to treat every experience like it's a job interview, you could potentially be interviewing for a job with them, they could transition positions, and they're the gatekeeper to get you in the door, or they're the person who can get you the warm introduction to your dream job. So I can't agree more that networking is just the the most valuable asset or one of them, at least in residency. Definitely. And that, that ties into what I wanted to mention next, which is really be professional and also be likable. Okay. You want to really value these relationships as something that could propel your career in the future. Because you don't know where your co-resident might go. They might go to a place and I've had co-residents send me job opportunities. You never know if your preceptor could leave and go to another place and they could recommend jobs for you. Maybe there's no openings there, but they have recommendations because they build a strong network. And that's happened to me recently too. So it's there's there's so many things that it's like, wow, I didn't like really realize the value of it. But two years out of residency, it's like, okay, this is the value of it. Or a year out, I should say. Like this is the value of it. So those are the things that you really got to think about is definitely be professional, be likable, always try to put your best foot forward. I know it's tough, but you really need to value these relationships. And then another thing too is small talk. Now, some people may not like it, but you have to do it, okay? Me, for example, my RPD and I probably, besides like residency related activities, like we got to know each other because of random small talk moments. If it wasn't for that, we would never probably actually have a friendship outside of residency. So that's something to where like we still text each other randomly like, hey, how are you doing? Like just checking in just because we had moments of small talk, whether it's like at the microwave warming up food or if I decide to stay late because I'm working on a project and she's staying late working on, you know, her managerial duties. And it's just like at the water cooler, you know, like just random conversations. And it's like, oh, wow, we actually have similar interests outside of pharmacy. And it's like, sometimes you forget they're people too. And it's like, oh, you like this. I like this. Oh, prime example. She's a Michigan fan. I'm a big Michigan Wolverines fan. I didn't know she grew up in Michigan. Now we're having a whole conversation about the football team and, and whatnot. So there's so many things that could happen with small talk. And it could lead to so many different opportunities in your future. So I highly recommend you definitely small talk, even if you're not the biggest fan. I know sometimes I'm not in the mood to do it, but you got to do it. Make sure to small talk as much as you can. I totally agree. And that even ties in. That makes me think of residency interviews as well. You know, you, when you're going into that process, you think, oh, I've got to be so professional and like this robot. But really, they want to see your personality. They want to. I think the best interviews were when you you transitioned into that small talk. I know when I was interviewing with Duke, me and my RPD, we started talking about, 
how she went into labor on a Zoom call at work. And it was just like, we had this whole, I don't even think she asked me a single like true interview question. We just bonded (laughs) over that. And I was like, that is just, that's the key to just interacting with people and being yourself and doing those mock interviews and practicing are what get you comfortable in the process so that you can get out of your shell and really let your true personality show. And I'm I'm just like you, like I'm a business Betty. I am like, okay, what's our objective? Let's get this done. Like, let's get through this so we can move on to the next thing. Like I'm very task oriented, but that small talk is just so key. Just like you said. Definitely. Definitely. So to wrap it up, when it comes to network, small talk, keep in touch with the drug reps, the MSLs. Another thing I actually didn't mention, which is also valuable when it comes to the drug reps and possibly MSLs, is sometimes they can get you the demo devices too. So when I was in the Amcare clinic, if there's like an inhaler that a patient's never had before, you can demonstrate how to use it. If it's insulin you want to recommend or Trulicity, different different GLP-1s, whatever the case may be, you can actually show them instead of relying on the community pharmacy to do it to where they might have been busy, they have to pick up the meds and just go. They didn't actually stay for true counseling. So that's something too that I found is very beneficial and helpful. Or even if that patient can't stay this visit, maybe they'll come back and then you can show them at the follow-up visit how to use their inhaler properly, how to use any injectable medications too. So sometimes it could be samples, copay cards, demo devices, like all of those help so much in our profession. So do not slight the drug reps and MSLs that come and just think of it as free lunch. Definitely communicate with them. Try to change contacts and keep in touch. Be professional and likable. That's always going to be a key, key thing with residency because it's not easy. <laughs> There's going to be some times where you might lose your cool, but we have to stay professional. And we also have to continue to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to have great relationships with our co-residents, our co-workers, even technicians. Like technicians are so valuable in the pharmacy setting. So make sure to have great relationships, not only with pharmacists, but with um, technicians and also nurses, the doctors, et cetera. And then last but not least, definitely, 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 you know, that small talk. You always want to make sure you're doing that. So that's about it for networking. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Michaela? That's that's perfect. I think you got it all. Perfect. So now we're going to transition into one of my favorite topics, probably our favorite topic, which would be self-care. Learn from my mistake and utilize your PDO because I didn't do that. And you don't get to carry it with you past residency. So I would recommend you use all of the PDO that you can and, you know, be strategic. You don't want to use it all during a rotation because then you may not have the most valuable experience on that rotation. But make sure to spread it out across different rotations, have some self-care days, maybe to family trip, travel, et cetera, whatever the case may be. But definitely, definitely, please use your PDO because there's there's a reason why they give it to you because they don't want you to burn out. So don't think you have to be there every single day and whatnot. Like definitely utilize your PDO. Yeah, don't do like me. I didn't, I didn't use my PTO enough in the, especially my PGY1 and prioritize your health. That's something that I put on the back burner in, in pharmacy school and in residency. And I think that if I could go back to my, my previous self or you as a pharmacy learner interested in residency, I would say like, or doing your PGY1 or PGY2, prioritize your health. I didn't go like get a yearly physical. I didn't go get my eyes checked. I didn't get my teeth cleaned enough. Like I needed to prioritize that. And that's what I would tell you. So I ended up finally going to the eye doctor after residency or like at the end of my PGY2 and I needed contacts. And the doctor, the eye doctor was like, you need contacts so bad. You can get your contacts for free because your eyes are so messed up. So I was sitting there struggling and my eyes were super red all the time because I didn't prioritize my health. So use your PTO and prioritize your health and self-care. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Make sure to use the health insurance that you have, whether it's a dentist appointment, eye doctor, just your regular PCP, like make sure you're you're also getting your annual checkups because that's also important because we're getting older people. So as yeah. we <laughs> that's when stuff starts happening. And of course, like it comes out of nowhere. Most of the time you don't anticipate something's wrong or you don't even realize because you're in your day to day. So you definitely want to make sure that you're not only using your PDO to give yourself a break, but to also make sure you're doing well with your health. So that's something that I appreciate you for mentioning because that's something I didn't do, but learn from my mistakes. So you all yes. can do it. Same, same. Another thing I didn't do much of, but you should do, is take your 30-minute lunch break. All right. You need to reset. 
you need to refuel your body. I know we think we're all machines and we can do it all. Please take a break, decompress, and get back to it right after that. Like, even if it's not a full 30, if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, like, do something. Go for a walk. If you don't want to eat, just go for a walk or, I don't know, read a book. Like, for me, it just helped me towards the end of the year to just decompress by doing something else. Even if I didn't want to eat, maybe I'd read, like, 10 pages of my book. Maybe it's scrolling through social media, like whatever the case may be, do something to get your mind off pharmacy briefly to kind of reset and decompress. Yeah, I always tried and I did this in PGY1 and PGY2 and residency is full of seasons. Some seasons are busy, some seasons are more chill, but I tried to take Friday evening after work off and then Saturday as much as I could off as like all of it or less of it, whatever the season was, but I did this by kind of, I treated residency like a deployment. My fiance is in the military. He's currently deployed. So I was like removed from my home. And when I went into residency, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to have some time to myself, like on the weekend. So I would work as you know hard as I needed to during the week so that I could have that time, protected time for myself on Friday and Saturday, if possible. And then I would do what filled my cup up and I would get out of residency, out of pharmacy so that I could come back stronger and more and revitalized after the weekend. Because I think if you don't step away and get out of it, that's when for myself, that's when I would get burnout. So I, I fell in love with dancing so I met my fiance about four years ago, country line dancing and two-stepping. So I would go dancing on Friday night and then I would do just chill with my family on Saturday as much as I could. So that was something that I would tell my, you know, my previous self and anyone doing residency, like you said, prioritize your self-care and do what you need to do to get, keep yourself from burning out. Yeah, definitely. When I th- think about, uh, I, I think it was about probably two or three months in, I was talking to a previous resident at my institution and they recommended to just take one day off, kind of like you. Like they recommended just take one day off, pick your day on the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday and just do nothing pharmacy related. So that's what I did. I started doing that and then I enjoyed my residency a lot more, even though of course, it's challenging and it's still kind of on your mind, but you have to put it on the back burner because you can't make it your whole life. You do need to still enjoy yourself so that way you can kind of refill your cup, as you were saying, and give yourself that energy again to enjoy pharmacy because it will drain you if all you're doing is just pharmacy. You need to take your mind off that and put it somewhere else. So whether it's going to the movies, working out, playing sports, dancing, et cetera, like whatever the case may be, try to find something that you're still doing that you love at least once a week to kind of get your mind off pharmacy. And not only that, I would even say if you can, even during the days you you are in your residency, like you're actively at the institution you're working, et cetera, even if it's on the weekends, you know, your staff and different things like that. I'd recommend doing something you love once a day. That's something else I would do. Even if it was something small, like I'm going to go get some ice cream or like something quick, like, all right, I'm going to go work out, even though it's not going to be long, I'm going to go work out for like 20 minutes. Like just even if it's something quick, just do something that you like to do or you love to do. All right, there's this TV show I love or it's an anime that I'm into. I'm just going to watch one quick episode and that's it. So that's something else I started doing and it made my day so much more enjoyable. And it kind of had like a goal, like, all right, once I get done with all this, I can go do this one thing that I love. And then go ahead and go to bed and then start the next day. Yeah, I I did that with dinner usually. Like I tried, I would put Netflix in there. Some, and, and when yeah. I had dinner, I would do whatever it was, like scrolling on Instagram or getting on Netflix, you know, give myself that reward. I, I read a book. I can't remember which book it was, but they were talking about you have three people inside of you. Like one is like the parent, one is a child, and one is like the manager and the parent is like, okay, pay your taxes, you know, do your, do your residency tasks. And the child is like, I want ice cream. Like I want to get on Instagram. I want to watch Netflix. And then the like manager is making sure everything's going to plan. And they're like, if you neglect one of these people, like, like the child, for example, you can tell the child, okay, well, we're going to work on this thing, get this task done, and then we'll do the fun thing. But if you don't do the fun thing and reward yourself, like the child part of yourself, then your child part will start sabotaging you. So you have to like 
do every, you know, satisfy all the things like give yourself, be well, well rounded and make sure that you're doing everything you can to be a whole person. You're not just a machine that works all the time, you know, give, give yourself ice cream, give yourself a break. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And that sabotage will turn into a form of resentment of the other parts of yourself to where now you're not enjoying pharmacy. Now you don't want to be here. You don't want to work because you're not satisfying that kid within you. So definitely make sure to do that. Include that in your self-care. And before we leave this topic, um, just looking at our notes, I know you have something awesome that you also want to talk about, which was like kind of incorporating that self-reflection feedback. Can you kind of touch upon that? Yes. Yeah. So my thing with self-care is I tried to be very in touch and you hit on this very in touch with my professional goals and my personal goals and like thinking and reflecting on, sorry about the noise, but reflecting on what was going on in, in my work and figuring out if I was getting feedback from a preceptor, being very self-aware, like, am I tired? Is that why I'm struggling? And do I need to get out of pharmacy and get recharged? Is that why I'm struggling? When you check in daily to see, okay, what went well, what could be improved and where can I grow and being like very on bead with ha- all these areas. It might be hard, but residency really makes you do professional self-reflection and feedback, but the personal self-reflection and feedback can help you be your best self to achieve all your goals in residency and personally. So like I said, residency is full of seasons, summer seasons of work, summer seasons of rest, summer seasons of fun, like going to mid-year with your co-residents is so fun. Just be open to the feedback that you you feel that you get from your preceptors. Evaluate it. Is this feedback that is going to be, is, that is true? And if it's true, this is something I could work on. Is this feedback that I think that, you know, is needed to get through this rotation, but really, you know, I'm going to transition after this rotation to some, you know, to something different. Maybe you just have to use that feedback to get through that rotation with that one preceptor and be professional and treat it like an interview. And then you move on and, and really evaluate, is this feedback that I should incorporate into my life? Or is this feedback that is specific to this, this preceptor and this individual? And, you know, when I become my own pharmacist, I will do it differently. You know, just self-reflection and and self-awareness is really going to help you keep your cup full and be the be your best self. Definitely. And that just helps you grow. And, you know, there's also feedback forms after each rotation. They ask you to kind of evaluate the rotation, evaluate yourself. So there's reasons for that. As a professional, you need to start doing that to analyze, all right, where can I improve? What is something that I'm great at? What else can I do to improve these areas that I'm poor at or these areas I'm just good to be great? There has to be a lot of self-reflection because the company wants to bring the best out of you. So part of that is by you doing the self-reflection for you to determine, all right, what are areas that I need to work on? Because they can't always point it out for you. Like your manager may not be with you 24 Mm seven on the job. So these are things that it's beneficial to do because it'll help you not only improve yourself, but as a resident, also probably improve the residency because you might find some things that aren't going well. And definitely that's what happened with like my program. We made some feedback and then they made some changes. And then this past group made some feedback and they're making more changes to help improve the residency program. So it's a great experience for everybody. And that's one of the reasons why they asked for that feedback. And I think it's important that you're definitely doing it, whether it's for your personal self, professional or for the residency program. Yeah, I could not agree more. My program did the same thing and it's it's needed. I mean, you need to give your true feedback so that the future residents will have a better experience than you. And even even if your experience was great, it can only be beneficial. Yeah, definitely. Like quick story. I think it was Alex Hormsey, but something something that I watched probably on YouTube or Instagram, and it was talking about how you can literally create a career or create a job or a business out of the complaints that people have of a certain service. So like, let's say the cell, like the cell phone came about because people were tired of the wires on a telephone. Like I can't take it out of this one room. All right. What if we make a wireless phone? Ta-da. Like it's stuff like that. So that's why it's like feedback sometimes can be so valuable to improve something. It doesn't always have to be negative. It could just be something to improve the situation. So that's why it's always important to do it. I don't want people to think feedback 
has to have a negative connotation because there's a lot of positives to it. So that's why I just wanted to mention that story. Like people still enjoyed the telephone. They still use it all the time, but they just wish it could be wireless. So it could be easier or more accessible in different areas of the house or different parts of their life. Right. Yeah. Something that I read or heard on a podcast, I think maybe it was a book. They were talking about your brain and your subconscious just really goes into work on answering a question that you ask it. If, if like you need something done, don't, don't be like, Oh, like, I wish I had this be like, how can I get this? Like, how can I be more efficient to get this thing done that I want to get done? And then your brain and your subconscious will start working on it. Just like the cell phone. Like, how can we make this phone portable? How can we get rid of these wires? How can I talk on the phone outside? Just ask yourself these questions and your brain will start working on it on, and on the backside. And then you'll figure out the solution and you'll just be like sitting there and it'll come to you. Yeah, 100%. That's why sometimes if this ever happens to you, you're like working on something else and the idea for whatever the problem was that you actually have just comes to you out of nowhere. You could be playing video games. It's like, oh, wow, that's the answer to whatever issue I was having. So that's what, where that comes from. It's literally your subconscious mind working while your present mind is working on something else. Right. All right. So the next topic is challenge yourself. Okay. This is the one. Some people are go-getters. So some people just willingly will do this. Other people may not, but... I do recommend you challenge yourself. This is a conversation I just had with the new residents at um, my location where I was like, hey, I know it's scary. I know it's new, but you guys are licensed now. Get into these orders. Like, Don't always just hop into fluids and try to verify the easiest orders. It's okay to enter some hard ones and ask questions. How do I dose this? Is this an appropriate dose? Did I profile this correctly? Like, You need to go through these hard things because you don't want to wait until the end of the year when you're alone and covering a unit to ask some of these hard questions when you probably should have learned it in the beginning of the year, because then some people will be taking notes and wondering, okay, is this someone that we should hire on? You know, so it really depends on how well equipped you are to handle maybe a unit by yourself or to handle being the only pharmacist in that clinic if you're going more of an ambulatory care route. So those are some things I highly recommend to challenge yourself. Definitely try to get into the hard orders or the hard patients. If it's more of an ambulatory care clinic, they have so many disease states going on. Like it's like, wow, this one just seems like polypharmacy. This med is used to treat this med causing this side effect, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, get in there, try to do it. It's okay. You still have your preceptors. You can go to them with your plan and be like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, right. Definitely go for it. But yeah, do you have any, anything you want to say on that? Yeah. I mean, I know it's scary, the rotations. So for example, we had Duke had a lot of electives that you could take and a lot of them were in the ambulatory space. And it was like solid organ transplant, neurology, just crazy experience, infectious disease. And I knew my strengths and I knew my weaknesses and what your brain wants to do or your body wants to do is, okay, I want to do the things I'm good at and like steer clear of the things I'm not good at. And I kind of, you know, looked at my electives and I put things that I was good at as like the top things I wanted to do. And then I was like, okay, now I've got to pick the challenging ones because that was all that was left. And I'm like, do you want to push yourself to be the best version of what you could possibly be interested in? This is the time where you can, you're in the most unique situation where you can learn about anything you want to with the safety of a preceptor behind you. So one, if you need to be better, mine was infectious disease. That was not my strong suit in pharmacy school. I didn't like it as a resident. And that was the first time I had the opportunity to take it. And the preceptor was amazing. He was a previous resident in my program, in my position. We talked about what I needed to get and he provided me the experiences. And now I feel much stronger in infectious disease. And I had a job opportunity come about with a neurology position in in like December talked to my preceptors about it. Well, my RPD. And she was like, let's get you a neurology rotation. And I was like, when I saw neurology as an elective, I was like, no way. Like I'm staying so far away from that. But then I got in it and your preceptors know you have zero experience in that. So that's what they're trying to do is set you up for success and give you the experiences. And you're, you have a great safety net underneath you. I mean, this is the time to challenge yourself. I couldn't agree with Joe more. Yeah, try to learn as much as you can. You know, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that, whether it's an ICU setting, neuro, 
cardiac, medical, if it's a mental health, infectious disease, like try to do emergency department, try to maybe step out of your comfort zone, even if you don't enjoy it, whatever you think you might be doing, like, oh, I don't think this is for me and I'll enjoy it. You could still learn a lot that you could apply to your um, career. So for me, I was thinking like, okay, I don't think ICU is for me, but I want to do cardiac ICU because we have so many cabbages and we see a lot of those cabbage patients in our outpatient ambulatory care clinic. So I thought it'd be valuable to know more about what's going on with the heart, the cabbages, why are we selecting these meds for cabbages and all that, just because a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but patients who probably have open heart surgery are probably patients who might also have diabetes or some other health issues. So they would probably be in some type of ambulatory care clinic, possibly. Maybe they have a smoking issue, you know, so then you learn more about smoking cessation options and things like that. So kind of challenge myself to be out there, even though I know this is not what I want to do in the future, that's okay. But you can really take that knowledge and apply it to a different career. So that's something to definitely think about is just try to learn as much as you can and just challenge yourself by taking the hard elective or jumping into like the hard orders or taking the more difficult patients, the more difficult projects, et cetera, things like that. Yep. And then you can speak to it on your job interview. I mean, like mm -hmm. that you had that experience. Yeah, no, that's that's key. And it's without having those experiences and you don't have much to mention in a job interview. And so mm -hmm. that's that's a great point. That I even think about is making sure to take the take the hard route on a lot of different things. So now you can have a lot that you can reflect on and pull from whenever you're trying to build those power stories for a job interview. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely don't take the easy way out. Don't build any bad habits. Try to take the, the more challenging patients work as hard as you can do the tough elective that everybody says it's tough and you're scared of go for it, challenge yourself. It's only five or six weeks. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be yeah. able to, handle it. it's not, it's not the whole entire residency. It's only five or six weeks. Trust me. It'll go by in a flash. Everybody yeah. do. They're just like, I can't believe I was just a resident a year ago. I'm like, I know I felt the same way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Something that I heard someone tell me is just be a yes man. And I know that can be, that can look different for everybody. Maybe you're in a season where you can't be a yes man, but a yes man is like anytime an opportunity presented itself to do anything, like be on a committee, do a presentation, anything that anybody ever wanted. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Because I wanted to push myself and you're bought, you can handle it. Like you think you can't handle it. You think that this is all you can handle, but you add it in and you figure out a way and you ask the question, how do I make this work? And then you'll figure out a way to make it work. That Like, I just can't, can't say enough how this is the time to push yourself and grow and challenge yourself to be the best well-rounded pharmacist you can for your future job. And this is the best place to do it. And you won't get the chance to do something like this after you, you finish, you'll have to seek it out right now. It's all dumped on you and you have all these opportunities to do anything you want. So take advantage of it. No, definitely. I completely agree with you. And then now transitioning to the last section, just some general things to know. One of the things I definitely want to make sure I express is do not compare yourself to others. It's very hard not to especially if you have a group of multiple residents and you're working with, but everybody moves at their own pace. Everybody has a different strength, a different weakness. So you have to try to find some way to be comfortable within your own skin and just move at your own pace. Because I've that's probably the number one thing I've gotten from mentoring these past residents that just graduated and probably these upcoming residents that I'll mentor, I already know it's going to happen where it's like, wow, this person's so much better than me at this, this, and this. Like, I don't feel like I can compete with them or I can compare. And it's like, no, like you're a great resident too. You probably don't realize like you're actually really great at these things. So definitely try not to compare yourself. I know it's tough, but that's something where it'll eat at you. It'll bother you. But trust me, you got selected for this residency. They had to rank you as well. Okay. It wasn't just you ranking them. It had to be mutual. So remember that they did rank you for a reason and they ranked you because they knew how strong of a candidate you were. 
Yeah. Everyone has different strengths. And just because you look at that person and you see all their awesome strengths and you know that those aren't your strengths, you have your own unique set of strengths. Just like you said, you're, you may not be you know the most stellar at these things, but your strengths are over here. Just keep focusing on your strengths. And then when I look at somebody, when like I've done this naturally, but I tried to like cultivate this When I look at someone and I'm like, wow, they're freaking killing it. Or, you know, man, I should be doing something like that. I think, okay, I want to learn from this person. This person's strengths are like your podcast. You, I think you're so awesome for this podcast. And I'm like, man, Jovan's over there killing it with the podcast. Let me learn from him. Like, let me get close to him and see how he's doing it, how he thinks. If you see a resident or anybody over there just crushing it, be friends with them and be collaborative and look for ways that you can help them and learn from them and just, you know, come from a place of abundance rather than a place of scarcity. Know that everybody has their strengths. You have your strengths. And and when you see someone crushing it in an area that's not your strength, how can you make that your strength too by learning from what they're doing? Definitely. And that kind of ties into like not taking things personal too. That's sometimes... You might get yelled at by a doctor. Uh, nurse might be upset. Different things. There's a lot of different things that happens because you're dealing with people. Patients, too, could be really upset. They could just go off on you. And sometimes they'll call you back in a day and apologize. Or sometimes they won't. <laughs> but um, you never know what you might experience working in the healthcare setting. But try not to take things personal because you will dwell on it. I'm not saying that you know, somebody yells at you, like, you'll just be fine. Like, yeah, you will feel some type of way, but maybe just take five minutes to gather yourself, gather your thoughts, and then just get back to work. Like, try not to take things too personal because you never know what that person is going through. And sometimes you might be that the person that they outlet all that anger or all that animosity that they might've had towards something else towards you. You were just the vessel that it was released at. So try not to take things too personal. I know that I've definitely had some experiences where it's like, I don't know what I did, but they just went off on me, but okay. But it's just one of those, like, try not to take things personal. Because trust me, it will happen. Whether it's a doctor, whether it's a nurse, um, a patient, somebody. Somebody will, because we're all people, and just try your best not to take it too personal. Yeah, and even with, you know, you're going to receive a ton of feedback in residency. And a lot of times that's hard to take. And, you know, understanding sometimes feedback can be not given in the best way, like, Maybe the preceptor is going through something in their personal life, you know, try to try to take it. And if it hurts, you know, have your outlet. My thing was like, I would go to my family and be, and just vent. I And I wouldn't necessarily vent to my co-residents as much, I think, because I was, that's just my personality. I would take it back to my family and then get over it. And then kind of, once I let the feelings out, then I would sift through and say, okay, where can I grow from this feedback? Even if I don't think I could grow from all of it, or I don't, I don't agree with this part, but let me grow from this part. Just, you know, don't take it personally and try to just grow from it. Definitely. Another thing I wanted to mention was definitely try to do the right thing. I know it can be time consuming sometimes, or it can be difficult, but you know, we're, we are taking care of patients. We're dealing with people's lives. And so always try to do the right thing. Everybody has a different way of practicing, but try to, even though I know you're probably tired and you have so many patients on the docket, but try to, you know, make sure to go through that patient chart as thorough as you can. If you don't have enough time during it, then maybe after it, you still look through it and then you can call the patient to let them know some extra things you might've found. Like always try to give your best towards each patient that you come across because you never know you might find something that nobody else found that could really help improve their health. So that's something that I wanted to mention because I know I've definitely seen that sometimes or following up after somebody, they might not have noticed something. And so always try to do the right thing and take the allotted amount of time that you have to really work up a patient and try to help them the best that you can. Yeah, I totally agree. I try to treat every patient as if it were my own family member. And, and I think that that does pretty good of trying to do the right thing in all situations. Definitely. And another one, this one might be controversial. So Michaela may not sign off on this one. (laughs) These are my thoughts, my thoughts only. Be honest at the end of residency. Some people, some residents have been honest during residency and 
I'm going to be honest with you. These evaluations are not anonymous. So I would recommend you wait until you're done because one, if you honestly, if you ask me, in my opinion, you should really never rips. In my opinion, you should never rip somebody like to shreds in <laughs> a eval. To me, yeah. that's something you might want to talk to them face to face about or in person if you're having difficulties or issues, but never want to rip a preceptor preceptor should never really want to rip a resident in some type of eval that's like documented that's not ever going away so to me it's more about be professional you can be honest but still say things in a professional respectable manner like you want to make sure you're still talking about this person as a person this resident or preceptor as a person so you want to be very respectful in how you give your opinions of someone because you never know what might happen from that so that's something that some people may not have done the most respectful thing so make sure when you're writing these evals no matter how you feel about somebody that goes back to being likable being professional make sure to have a professional opinion and make sure to still like read it over i know sometimes somebody might send me something like hey can you read this over to make sure like there's nothing in there that can come off disrespectful and it's like I don't think you should say any of that. <laughs> I don't know how to make this not disrespectful. I'm going to be honest with you. So you might want to delete all that. And so it just turned into, okay, I'm not going to send that. I was like, yeah, you're in a mood. We all have mood. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow. Read this again tomorrow. You might have a different opinion of what you wrote. And they did that. They're like, yeah, you were right. Thank you. I was like, you're welcome. So yeah, definitely, definitely try to be as respectful as possible when it comes to these evaluations because I don't believe they're anonymous. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if you have something, I wouldn't let it fester. And I'm the type of person that would come go immediately. Like if I felt uh, one, like I would listen to all the feedback and try to incorporate the feedback. But if I felt like something was just not going well, I'm going to go to them and be like, hey, this is not going well. And you would want that as a resident too. Like you don't want to go to the the midpoint or the final and be like, you know, ripped a new one. And you didn't even know that that was a problem as much as it was a problem in the eval. I think that actually happened to me in my PGY1. And I think it happened on a like one-on-one -on -one interview. And I didn't realize there, there was like no problem, no problem, no problem. And then all of a sudden there was a huge problem. And I was like, why was this not addressed on week two if this was a problem? And it was a longitudinal rotation. I had it like for, for six months. And yeah. as a resident, you want to... If there's a problem, these are the things that are going great. These are the things to work on. If it's a continual thing that you need to work on, you're like, okay, I'm going to focus everything on that. Same thing with them. If there's something that's really rubbing you the wrong way or you feel a certain way about something, just tell them and y'all can figure it out rather than writing it up in the eval because I don't think that's respectful to anybody. Like If you would treat them like you would want to be treated and hopefully the preceptor does that to you. And if not, then you know take the necessary steps after that. Definitely. Can I agree more? I'm shocked you actually agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Sometimes, sometimes I'm problematic. So it's like, ah, sometimes I got to stand on the ledge on my own. But okay, you never know. You never know. Thank you, Michaela, for backing me up. Appreciate it. Next, my next thing I wanted to mention was definitely, I said this before on, on a podcast episode, residency is setting the foundation for your future. So all the habits that you build during residency will basically be the habits that you have in your pharmacy career. So how you decide to look up things, how you decide to work up a patient, how you decide to write your notes, your soap notes, whatever the case may be, like all of this, the foundation starts here in residency. So mm -hmm. really try your best to do the right thing, work up patients the way that you believe you'll want to work up in the future like avoid as many bad habits as possible because this experience will literally shape your career i still find myself like all right i remember in residency they recommended you know i don't write this this way because it comes off this way so it's like you still have like certain things that you learn from residency that that feedback that positive constructive criticism that has improved your writing when it comes to a note or improved the way that you look at a patient and that now carries over to me working independently as a pharmacist. So I definitely want to make sure that no matter what, you definitely view this opportunity not as like, oh, I'm just in residency, I'm just going to skirt by, do whatever I have to do, get my certificate. Like, no, use this to set the foundation for your future because you'll never have this opportunity again to really build a base in order for you to build upon that. 
I could not agree more. I think that's the most, that's the best nugget from this whole thing is uh, use yeah, it, it is. It is. So literally like you're, you're trying to be the best clinical pharmacist that you can be. And this is the time to build those good habits. Like you said, don't skirt by in any way, because honestly, the hardest rotations, the hardest preceptor, the one who ripped me a new one about something, anything, or like really just really was on me. That's where I learned the most. And I still remember the things that they were teaching me. So even though it sucks in the moment, you are going to you know, be a better pharmacist because of it and, and set those good foundations and those good habits. I mean, I think that was the best piece of this whole podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Now I know you need to go shortly. So let's, we can wrap this up quickly. I know you have a couple, couple things that you probably still wanted to touch upon, but before we, we mentioned maybe time management, I also wanted to circle back to something that I don't believe, yeah. touched, which was the importance of, of being a preceptor or engaging in teaching. So can you kind of talk about that and then we can dive into time management? Yes. Then, okay. So precepting and teaching, that is usually something when you're looking at programs, you can compare if they like have a heavy emphasis, emphasis on teaching and precepting or not. I really like academia. I really like talking to people and I feel like academia is very, very centered in that. But I recommend, you know, if you're interested at all in teaching, I cannot tell you how valuable it was to get teaching and precepting experience because a lot of times your job as a pharmacist is going to be precepting and to get that experience before you get out into the real world and have to do it is helpful. And then thinking about like how you like to be taught in a lecture style or how you like to be precepted is important to help you be a good preceptor. I think that was just a really great thing that residency offers. Definitely. And then when it comes to time management, what did you want to kind of talk about with that? Yeah. So time management is so key. I cannot tell you, like I, I played it like a game. If I could get something done at work that I was going to go ha have to go home and, you know, have to sit there until 10 o'clock at night working on, if, if a pa patient canceled or some meeting got canceled, I would be like, all right, out of my, like, I'd have a good beat on my to-do list and be like, what are these, th what out of this time that I have, what can I knock off this to-do list so that I don't have to do it when I get home? Staffing was like one of the best places for this for me. Like staffing, I staffed in an outpatient pharmacy for both residencies. It was like a hospital-based outpatient, like think of a community pharmacy. And we would be slow. And I, I was always stay busy. Like I never picked up my phone. I always tried to be doing something productive in any rotation. If I was on the clock, I was trying to do something productive. And if it was slow, I would get my email in order. I would knock out whatever projects I will work on. So I can, I just say like, utilize all your time efficiently, but also, like you said, take your 30 minute lunch break, do what you need to do to recharge. But if you're in the work process and you should have been like, you wouldn't be working right then and something got canceled, knock some stuff out. So you have some time to watch Netflix when you get home instead of like work till 10. And then your quarterly evals make you really like, take those seriously it makes you really reflect on what you want out of your career, how you can utilize this residency to the best of your ability to get all the experiences and, and come out with, like you said, the best habits and the best experiences to get your dream job as a pharmacist. Definitely. Residency is a stepping stone for your career. Pharmacy school was just the beginning. It's like an introduction in my opinion. And then the next step is that residency or some type of further educational learning, whether it's a fellowship, residency, et cetera. But that residency really becomes that stepping stone. And then from there, you don't know where your career can go. You know, it can go to a PGY2. It can go to a fellowship. It can go maybe straight into industry. I know some people that did that, like not even do a fellowship into an industry position. I actually have a friend who just did that. He did a PGY2 and now... He's about to work for Nova Nordis, I believe. So it's like, you never know where that career can take you, but he built those stepping stones to get into a certain career during that PGY1 experience. So always value this experience, no matter how tough it is, no matter how challenging it is, this is something that's really going to help propel your career. So as you sit there and think about it during your quarterly evals that Michaela was mentioning, what, what type of pharmacist do I want to be? Where do I want to work and what do I want to do? Okay. 
So you need to think about those things. And as you evaluate yourself and you realize what you're great at, what you're not that great at, what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy doing, that can help shape what type of career you want to have. And you'll use this residency degree or certificate to help propel you to get those positions that you so desire. Yeah. And, and enjoy it. I know it's tough. It sucks sometimes, but I try to think about it. I played college softball and my entire career was focused on like going to college and playing college softball. But really the best experience I had with softball was the journey to get to college was the travel, traveling across the country playing. That was really the highlight of my softball days. So I tried to bring that into my residency and career and as a clinical pharmacist, you know, residency was something that I prayed for. I was doing something that I absolutely was, would have like given my left arm for. And, you know, it's hard and it's a grind and you can get in the like monotony of it, but just remember to like, look around and be like, wow, this is exactly what I was dreaming about two years ago or one year ago. So, you know, enjoy the process too. Definitely. All right. So that's it. For everything that we wanted to cover, is there any last minute words that you wanted to share with us, Michaela? No, well, I think this was great. I absolutely love working with you, Joe, and you're awesome. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I enjoy working with you as well. Just in case anybody who was in the beginning didn't catch everything, do you mind kind of go ahead and mention your socials again? I know you said you're on Instagram, about to be on YouTube. And then you also have like the Taylor Pharmacist Services. Yes. So best place to reach me and follow me is on Instagram at the faithful farm D. And then I'm also on YouTube at the faithful farm D follow me on LinkedIn. He'll have my name in the show notes. And then my website and my business is called tailored pharmacist services. And that would be found at www.tailoredpharmacistservices.com. We have, you know, services where we target the coaching things for, you know, future residents and, if I can help you with anything, just reach out in any way, shape or form. I'd love to help anybody with anything pharmacy related or outside. Perfect. All right. So y'all heard it here first. Thank you so much, Michaela. I appreciate you. I know you're super busy, so you got to go. Everybody that's listening, if you haven't already, please follow us. We're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at new underscore Capsarx podcast. We also provide some services too when it comes to different like CV reviews, residency mock reviews, things like that at tinyurl.com slash services is where you can find that. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. And I absolutely love Michaela. So please like support her, tune into what she's got going on. I'm always watching her stuff. She has awesome, awesome videos, awesome reels on Instagram. So if you're a P4 listening, a P3, a resident, doesn't matter. Definitely has a lot of insight, especially since you did a PGY2. So anybody thinking about trying to step into that Amcare space or thinking about doing a PGY2, definitely reach out to Michaela. Yep. Absolutely, Paula Joven. They're doing great work. Like I said, we're all collaborating. We're all yeah, on the same yeah. mission to help every all the pharmacy learners, anybody interested in fur- furthering their career as a pharmacist. So I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for today, Joven. You're welcome. Did you learn something valuable from this episode? then I highly recommend you like, comment, follow, and subscribe to our new YouTube channel at new underscore capsule RX podcast. And we're also on Instagram and TikTok with the same name at new underscore capsule RX podcast on all platforms.